Welcome back in everyone. It is another edition of the Equally Responsible Opinion Show. Two niggas on the couch, bro. <laughs> I'm just saying. And to my left, per usual, is... Per usual. Per usual is Victor Greenwood. Uh, we got a lot to talk about in today's show. Uh, J.J. Watt is moving on from the Texans. We got a little coming mm-hmm. to America. And we got a question about some finances. Very true. Very, very true. good finance questions. Uh, but again, we're going to start with the biggest news story of the day. Texas, a.k.a. Tejas. Yo, Texas. They, I can't believe they beat Florida this one. <laughs> Texas Governor Greg Abbott announced that after eight months, the state of Texas will officially end uh, their mask mandate. Stupid. They are now saying that you can go into the state of Texas and not be required to wear a mask. Uh, as Victor said, we all thought this was going to be a Florida move. Don't worry. They'll, we, they'll, they'll top them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Florida going to top this one. As we, I think we said before the show, Florida's going to top them by penalizing you. If for wearing yeah, it. Yeah, for wearing a mask. Uh, but Texas, uh, this just makes no sense in my opinion. Just to get everything, the, like just get the ball rolling here. Like this mm-hmm. makes absolutely no sense. Yes, the CDC already came out and said yes, Johnson Johnson have been approved. Yes, their vaccination results aren't mm-hmm. as good as Moderna or Pfizer. But one shot is good. But but they even said do not take the gains that we've made for granted. And mm-hmm. I think we've learned from the summer. Yes, think about us here in LA County, here in Los Angeles how close we were to having a 4th of July where we can actually go out and about in the beach. Mm-hmm. But people, Newport Huntington Beach, mm-hmm. messed it up by not wearing a mask and the cases spiked. They just Were spiked. we in San Diego for 4th of July? We were in San Diego, but that's a little different. We uh, were there, you know. We were, <laughs> we were there. Wait, were we there? <laughs> but no, but Victor, give me your thoughts on what Texas is doing with uh, not requiring masks. Honestly, like I said, like, seeing Texas the first one, like, Florida piss. Because this is like, if this said Florida is the first day to do it, you'd be like, oh, that's Florida. Like, you wouldn't, I don't think it would be talked about as much as it is right now because we know what it is. Like, Florida does stupid shit like this all the time. And awesome. all the time. Like, that's why I guarantee you they're sitting right now thinking, like, yo, how can we top this? Like, they're getting some, like, something wild in the coming day or two. But I think it is terrible because it's like, it's a difference between saying, hey, Let's try to get back to normal life. But he just straight said, yo, no more mask mandate. And he didn't even come out with other stuff. Like, he'd be like, hey, the state's mandates are going to change, but we want the counties and the cities to do their own rules. Right, exactly. And he's, you, could, you already know how their state is running. So it's like, they're, he's not implying, like, yo, he has the highest law in the state besides the federal government, obviously. So if he says no more masks, the cities can't supersede him. Without going to court over it. And that's ridiculous. He's going to put all these lives in danger. And like I said, the biggest state, Texas is one of the biggest, it's the biggest state in the, in the country. Like, It makes no sense to me as well because the thing that's so crazy also, is. Also, they're still dealing with. The winter storm. And we saw that. And mm-hmm. with everything that happened there, we saw how poorly mm-hmm. uh, governed this situation was when it came to people with no heat, mm-hmm. with no running water. With no power, we saw that people having to use their barbecue pits to stay warm. With people taking snow from outside, waiting for it to melt to have like actual clean bathing water, we saw the mismanagement mm-hmm. of so many people in that state. And now here you come, and the thing that gets me too is eight month. So you think we've been going through this pandemic since March, right? So we're coming up on a year. One year, baby. So that means March, mm-hmm. April, May, June. 
They probably didn't start making people wear masks until July. Because they were forced to. They were forced to. And people were like, yo, what do you have to So, for example, like, I listened to this podcast earlier, and they were talking about this lady. She's in Texas, and her house got, I think the ceiling caved in because of the pipes. She's, because it was so cold, she was staying on, like, a, a bus, like a, a charter bus for heat. Wow. Her and six other families, like, 20 families almost in the sense, six other, six, six, 20 families on this bus for heat. Not wearing a mask because they were in close quarters, sleeping on a sleeping on a bus, and then now you have the same governor, the same state, a week or two later, pretty much says, "Hey, like, I know people can't have have no water still. People's houses are caved in. People don't know where they're sleeping at tomorrow night. Let's just not wear a mask. Exactly. Like you have bigger things to worry about than a a beeping mask right now <laughs> because that is ridiculous. Like." The mass is the least of your problems, the least of your worries right now. Yeah. How about we get some power back to these people's houses? How about we get people out to get their houses back to be repaired? Because there's several stories of people's houses that are not coming back to normal. And I think the biggest thing, too, is Texas, from what I read, is one of the worst uh, when it comes to vaccinations. Like, they are one really? of the least vaccinized states in America. They don't they, believe They think it's a hoax. Yeah, it's right. anti-maskers. It's people who don't want to take the vaccine. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely... I mean, if you're putting together a playbook on how not to be a good governor, Greg Abbott is doing a great job. Of, but like, Santos is right there with them, though. The Santos is right there. And, I mean, us being from California, like, we can't really talk with what Newsom's doing. Listen, he's got that bad. Gavin, he, again, all he did was he had a little, he had a little restaurant. <laughs> he had a little party. He said, yo, let's throw a little party in my spot. We good. Hey, I have business. I'm going to shut down everybody else. We good. But he never said, yo, no mask. Right, exactly. Like, he at least he at least told us, listen, I'm rich. I'm good. But y'all motherfuckers need not do this, all right? So, yeah, exactly. I he, think I think it's just so crazy how you look at the state of Texas and everything they've been through, uh, and how you're coming out and saying, okay, you don't have to wear masks. Now I'm I'm thinking what Governor Abbott is thinking is, okay, if everyone stops wearing masks, and he did say in that same press conference, mm-hmm. things are now going to be open at a hundred percent capacity. That means people are going back inside restaurants. Like, that's why I really want to read, like, the entire press release and the entire, like, authority of the power. Because if he just says, I would, I, I, if hopefully he's not saying, you know, Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, Corpus, all these other, Fort Hill, all these places. I don't care what y'all say. Open it up. If yeah. you go, at least, hopefully, even the health people are like, yo, we strongly advise you doing this. Like, you're sending the wrong message. So hopefully he lets... He'll probably have to roll his words back because you know what's gonna happen to him. But it's like hopefully it's the fact that he's like, okay, guys, like I'm letting it go, but you guys can run your own district how you see fit. Right. But because before during the pandemic, it was very contradicting because he pretty much said, Hey, you guys can pick your own rules, but we're not gonna get we're not, we're not gonna mandate masks. But it's like you can't say that as the governor and tell me I do what I want because you're making the rules still, bro. Right. And here and here's another thing that I, I just looked up because I, I wanted to get make sure I get this right. The minimum wage in the state of Texas is seven dollars and twenty five cents. You had this big push. I know Abbott's not gonna vote on it because he's a governor, he doesn't vote on it in the Senate uh, House of Representatives. Yeah. But you already know that there's gonna be representatives and Ted Cruz, who again should be punched in the face, yes. uh <laughs> cruising for a bruising. Everyone knows that they're probably not going to vote for a $15 per hour minimum wage. It's already gone. This is probably Greg Abbott saying, hey, if we open and you guys go back to work, 
you will make money quicker. You will have no need for that $15 an hour. That's a good way of putting it. That's probably what he's thinking right but now. But people don't, he, you're right. What they don't understand is that he's basically saying, hey, listen, some of y'all going to die. Exactly. And I'm going to let it go because you know what? I live in the governor's mansion away from y'all with top health care and mass where people and vaccines. But y'all do what y'all want to do. It's the same thing when you see like Ted Cruz making jokes about, oh, Orlando is awesome, but it's not as good as Cancun. It's like, Ted, people died from your lack people of legislation. Are, people are still about to die over this stuff. Exactly. Like, people don't have homes. Like, I was listening to the, the, basically, basically the news, but um, like you hear these stories, and like, you're just like, what? Like, the fact that, like, okay, granted, during the actual storm, I understand some stuff might have failed. Right. Some stuff, not all of it. So I, I can, I can, I can sympathize. Like, okay, like, hey, we didn't know it could be this bad. All right, that's fine. But like I said, you have your senator for your state that you voted for to represent you guys. He's like, yo, I'm out going to Cancun. Exactly. You have, now you have your governor saying, hey, like, let's not wear a mask. And like, it's like you guys are all pointing the finger at the wrong people. Like. Just go help your constituents that, that you that voted you in. Exactly. And it's, it's actually even funnier because he's a Republican, so the Republicans vote him in, and he's fucking y'all over. Exactly. It's, it'd be, exactly. You realize if it was a blue state, would they be? They will be just. If Ted Cruz was a Democrat, it would be over for him. Oh, absolutely. It'd be over for him. We and, love America. Like, who would go across the border? Mm-hmm. This is why liberals are trying to, like, make illegal immigrants. Yep. All that. It been all that. But, oh, he's like, oh, no, he's taking his kids. He got a wife to do that for him. Exactly. All and right. the fact that he's like, I was coming back Saturday, but then he had to call United and give me a flight. <laughs> Come on, bro. Like, we're, we're all so smarter than that. Tech, but, don't, don't worry. Look, keep out for Florida, y'all. I guarantee you by next episode, we're going <laughs> to be like, and hey, Florida comes in with the win real that, quick. That's how we're going to lead the next show. But to add insult to injury for Texas, mm. the Houston Texans losing J.J. Watt. Uh, he posted on his Twitter feed that he's going to play for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, source would be one J.J. Watt. Yes. Uh, Victor, Victor, instant reaction now that a day has passed, so I guess it can't be instant. But you're just the first thought you well, had. When honestly, I'm very upset because he posted that black and white picture of the workout. Clearly, that meant the Raiders come to Vegas. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was he picked the clues. Like, it's, it's not a lie. Listen, J.J. Watt, he's at the end of his career, but he still he can still make some moves. And him going to Arizona, I like it. I like the move. I think it's close by. He obviously picked it for a reason. Right. Like, he didn't... He obviously... Also, I'll give one thing. Whoever J.J. Watt's representation is, is top-notch because nothing leaked. Yeah. We didn't hear a single, like, sources. No. It was straight. He probably jumped, jumped in front of him before he, had, before he had a chance, which is smart. But he probably walked in every, every room and was like, hey, listen, if I hear one thing about this leak, I go somewhere else. Exactly. Like, how would... Um, Utah did with Donovan Mitchell after the workout. Like, this gets out, everybody fired. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was yeah. like one, it was one of those type of situations. So the fact that he kept kept it quiet, I, I love that. I missed. I think that's what sports really needs because like this whole like, oh, he's going here, he's going there. Like, nah, let let him say it so we can talk about it then. Yeah, I don't want to speculate and do all the other stuff. But I'm liking. I'm looking for. I saw their their front four. It's looking nice. Yeah, and it's crazy too because when you look at JJ Watt, he has some pettiness to him. Oh, because you think about I it, love it's the like pettiness. he joins DeAndre Hopkins, mm-hmm. former Texan. Yes. The Texans played the Cardinals this year. Like, you know for sure he's probably thinking, yeah. like, I want to play against them. Now, I think he's also hoping that Deshaun's not there because he's like, yo, I really hope Deshaun can get Does out of there. Does he go to Arizona, too? 
No, not with Kyler Murray. No, not with Kyler Murray. But when you look at, you do look at J.J. Watt just from the football perspective, and I think from the football perspective that it is crazy is Arizona, you speak about leaks, no one even had Arizona on the board. Like, everyone was like, oh, he's going to go join his brother in uh, Pittsburgh. He's going to the Niners. He's going to Cleveland because they're up and coming. Oh, he's going to the Bills because he's going to make an impact. And out of nowhere, he goes to the Cardinals. And then you think, like, you're going to have, oh, I thought the Rams because I was like, he's going to be Hollywood. He's going to have a two-year contract. He's going to do like what LeBron is doing, where it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, he still has enough to play, but he's definitely he like going to make a move in Hollywood. Exactly. That's what I thought the right who's going to take. But now you think of it from a, you know, just football perspective, not off the field, but mm-hmm. on the field. He'll be lined up uh, opposite side to Chandler Jones, nice. who's, a, who's a great team. you got a quarterback that's young and mobile. Mm-hmm. You have a good offense. you got a young coach. That team that who knows uh, what's going to happen with Russell Wilson in Seattle. Are mm-hmm. the Niners going to be back next year? What's going to happen with Matt Stafford and the Rams? The Cardinals mm-hmm. can definitely win that no, N- NFC West. Never, they definitely can. Sometimes all you need is that one player. Like J.J. Watt going there now might set up like, hey, I'll go play with them too now. Exactly. Or it could change everything. Or maybe the owner might be like, you know what, guys? Let's spend some money because we have a good team right now. We might have, we have a late. We could do one, one strong push. And win it all, possibly. Yeah. Let's go for it. I think another big thing, too, is like we were talking about uh, before the show, is locker room presence. Yes. Like, how big of a deal is locker room presence? Oh, like, he's big time. He's big time, but also, like, Patrick Peterson is big time. He's big time. If Larry Fitzgerald comes back for another year, that's I big think time. He comes back one more that's time. three Hall of Famers you have in your locker room. Like, that's big time. Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. I think I've thrown DeAndre Hopkins, too, and is a good leader uh, just because he's such a great, skillful player. You're going to have a lot of young players coming down in that locker mm-hmm. room and be like, wow, these are four future Hall of Famers right here. Also, I oh, think. Oh, yeah, I can listen to these those guys. Those two ex uh, Texans might be like, yeah, listen, we got we got to stick it to them. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like, I'm not too sure when that game's going to be on. It's going to die out yet, obviously, right? No, not yet. So when that schedule comes out, I might see, might, might be Monday Night Football for that game. Hey, you can always go to Texas. <laughs> no oh, mask. Hey, no mask, no baby. Mask. No mask, no baby. Mask. Let's do it. But I think the, the crazy thing, too, is like, when you look at Arizona, Arizona not only has two former Texans, they have two former Texan greats, and they didn't have to give up a first-round pick, a second-round pick. They didn't have to give up cash considerations. They didn't have to give up not nothing for any of those two guys. Mm-hmm. Houston Texans, Bill O'Brien, I know you're in Alabama now with Nick Saban where offensive coordinators and head coaches go to like rebrand. But, <laughs> dude, you, met, you royally screwed royally a screwed franchise up. that was – you know, constantly in the running for AFC South titles. But uh, sticking to Arizona sports, the Phoenix Suns played in Los Angeles against the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh The Lakers lost. Uh, Craziest moment (sighs) of today's game was Devin Booker got ejected. It looked like it was a double technical uh, for cursing at an official or saying something to an official. Booker be going at people, man. But even the Lakers look surprised when when Devin Booker, like, said that. And we still don't have a a clear reason why he was suspended Mm. or, excuse me, ejected. But the Lakers go on to lose with no Devin Booker, 114 to 104. Uh, LeBron, he had another monster game, but mm-hmm. it, it fell short. LeBron had 38 minutes, 38 points, 16 to 24 from the field. I mean, that's just way too many minutes. Way too many minutes if you think about it. That's going to be a topic of discussion as we head into the All Star break. But, Victor, we had those, the Lakers had those two big wins one against Portland, one against an undermanned uh, Golden State Warriors team. Mm-hmm. Where do you see. 
the Lakers as they enter into All Star Weekend. Like they're it's mm-hmm. the halfway point of the season. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts, your grade maybe for the Lakers in the first half, and what are your expectations for the Lakers? So in the obviously, half? up until '80s injury, Lakers had an A. Like no question about it. Like Lakers were rolling. Like right. Lakers were literally steamrolling people, and everybody saw it. And it was on. It was. But then once AD went down, it just showed how the Lakers cannot do it because these players. It's like it's one of the most annoying things in the world watching players. Like, I get there's better players on the floor than you, but like you're not you're not a fucking fan, right? Like, what are you doing standing there for? Like, there's a reason why players get traded, and I can notice like I don't have no sympathy for players that get traded who just stand there and watch LeBron dribble. And get doubled, and it's like, hey, how about maybe one of you guys go run over there, help him out, right, right, like, right, or maybe spread the, spread the floor, or maybe yeah. run your offense. I like, think that also comes down because we saw late in that game yeah. after Booker got ejected and mm-hmm. after Chris Paul was on the bench for multiple, multiple minutes, minutes in the fourth quarter. Frank Vogel's clutch time lineups aren't really working. So we've been talking about Frank Vogel's line his, that thing since last year before the bubble. Like they were kind of like, why is he doing this like that? But then when you win, nobody cares. But when you lose, everybody sees it. And I've people, I've honestly, I really did not believe he would be a coach this long. Personally, I think when right. Jason, Jason K got hired, remember he had that problem, domestic domestic abuse, something like that. Well, yeah. once it, like I think a lot of people thought once Jason K got hired and he was lead assistant coach, we mm-hmm. all knew it's like. All right, LeBron, the LeBron second, isn't like what, the way Vogel's mm-hmm. going. Kids in. There. I I personally was expecting how how we're having that pretty much we're having a really bad skid right now. I thought this was gonna happen last year, like some like a ten week skid, like a ten game skid, like we go four and six. Frank Vogel, you're out. Yeah, that's what I thought they were gonna do. But I don't think they'll fire him this year because of he won a championship. So it'll look, it'd be a bad look. Like why would you fire a championship coach for, for Jason Kidd? So, but I do think. Frank Vogel knows, like, his, his, I don't like his, like, sometimes some of the players, like, what do you, like, why do you have him in the game right now? Like, I, th- I think for me, I would give the Lakers a solid C, and I'm grading on your yeah. expectations going into the season. Very You're true. still the, probably the best team in the Western Conference. Don't get me wrong. Utah Jazz, know you had that hot streak. Do it in the playoffs. Clippers, mm-hmm. I'm going to call him. Paul George, I'm not going to call him by his moniker that people want to name him. Pandemic P. Uh, Kawhi, all those guys. Will they get it together? But with the Lakers, the reason why is what have those role players given us so far? Schroeder, scoring, defense. He was out, he was out for but a he lot was of out. losses. Wes Matthews, mm, is he a step up from Danny Green? I mean, we, he had that one game, but no. Not really. Mark Gasol has been balling, but he's been in and out. Trez, like as we said with Vogel, Trez doesn't seem to get a lot of minutes in clutch time. For the fourth quarter, he's been sitting a lot. So that means, like, so that's what I'm saying. Like, so about Wesley not getting, he's dating Green. He's not really playing a lot. He's not. Recently, even even though uh, the the Boris twin, he was talking about how he got out of rotation. He's like, yeah, it sucks. And it's like, yeah, you probably like some some of these. It's I get it. The Lakers are deep in certain positions. Where it's not deep in the big man, obviously, and then like an actual score. But it's like, I don't know what Frank was trying to do because maybe why isn't Trez playing late? Why do you have Marcus Saw in there? I right. get it. Marcus Saw is the veteran savvy, defense player of the year. He might do something that Trez won't know about yet, but you got to give Trez a chance because the playoffs are coming soon. And I would expect AD to sit out the entire rest of the season to the playoffs. Personally. I don't think they're going to do that long. They're probably bringing him back. Well, depending on how it, – because it's different this year with, like, only 72 games. Yeah. But I think the bigger thing for me is, like, we've seen Caruso take strides. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen TNHT take strides. His name comes up every podcast, and if you're listening, mm-hmm. you might as well do a shot because we talk about it every podcast. Kyle Kuzma, and Kyle Kuzma always felt like will always become a victim of who we let go. I still forgot about Kyle Kuzma. Right? Jordan Clarkson balling in Utah. Julius Randle balling for the Knicks, All Star. Brandon Ingram balling for the Pelicans. But we had to get rid of him. We, we had to get rid of him. I'm not saying that, but Lonzo not so much. Josh Hart, you know, he's doing steady. Mm-hmm. Kyle Kuzma's always going to be like, we kept you and we let go of all these players. Now, to his credit, he has listened to LeBron. He has an AD. But can he be that third scorer that you talked about? Everyone's thinking he could be that guy. I know he's going to get pinned to him a lot, but I look at him a lot with Jason Tatum. Like, can you make yeah. the leap where it's like, hey, if we give you the ball, can you take it down low? Can you take it to the post? Can you get a bucket? Like, can you get that clutch bucket? It doesn't seem like Kyle Kuzma can do that. Or he doesn't do it often enough or consistent enough. But who knows? I get the Lakers to see that's kind of grading tough. But that's only be a game because, you know, heavy is the head that wears the crown. And we all know the crown sits in Los Angeles until yeah. someone takes it. It's just hard to be a Laker when you're young. Until you're ready. Until you're young. He's how no, old I'm is Kyle Kuzma like, right now? No, I'm just not him. Like I'm saying, like, the rest of the players, like like Clarkson and Clarkson. Was oh with- no! They, it, and not only is it hard to be a Laker, it's hard to be in the league. There are mm-hmm. some players like look at Markel Fultz, who was having a great time in Orlando, oh, he, but so then he stuff. hurt. But then he got hurt this year. Yeah. But when you are the number one overall pick, you go to Philly. You have high expectations. You have high expectations, and like you're still trying to learn the game. Like mm-hmm. you're you're 18, 19, 20 years old coming into it. Julius Randle is looking great right great now in New York, but this is like his what seventh season. In the it took league? him. It took him a while, but I always thought he was going to be good. But it just took. It, him a little but while. but when you play in cities like L.A., especially when Kobe was still Boston, there, so yeah. it's like you had you had. It's honestly, you unfortunately, it's like you want to. You, you always like I want to play for this team, but when you get there, you're like, oh shit, like I got to play for this team now. Right, like, you're playing in cities that have great expectations. And I like think Kobe said it best, thing. like, yo, this is not. We don't care about the playoffs here, like. If you ain't winning championships, they're gonna hate you. Right, exactly. Period. Exactly. That's you, it. Go, you go to Orlando and it's like, okay, you play a little bit. You go to you Orlando, go to you, you go to Orlando, you win thirty games, like, hey, we had a good year. Like, yeah, you know exactly. What I'm so, you make the playoffs as an eight seed, but you are still under five hundred. Because you get to play the Lakers, like I got all oh, they want to play the Lakers, bro. We got watching the play this way. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Which is, is a great segue into our next topic. It's like you look at the Knicks. Yes, the Knicks exactly. lost tonight to uh the San Antonio Spurs. They are they lost one nineteen to ninety three. They fall to eighteen and eighteen on the year. But that's the big hey, thing with the Knicks. Five hundred. They're at five hundred. They're in the top four of the Eastern Conference, which is I wild hate the to East say. So much. They have not had a record this good since the 2012-2013 season when they last made the playoffs. That was a good but, squad. But you got you got a great mix of veterans mm-hmm. and young players and Coach Thibodeau, who I'm always like kind of on the fence. He, of how I feel he about He runs him. his players like horses and he breaks you them know, down. No, I'm in that. I like I look at him as like what franchise has Tom Thibodeau gone to? Where it's worked out for the better. You for know, the long run? Like, look at Chicago. He goes to Chicago. People blame him for Derrick Rose getting hurt. I mean, Bill Belichick said it best. Like, you tell me when a player gets hurt, I will tell you that I'm not going to play him then. But you just can't, like, you can't predict it. Yeah, it's true. But then, like, he chose Jimmy Butler over D Rose. Get it. D Rose had some knee injuries. Jimmy he was, Butler he was right on stud. Time. Boom, got it. Then he goes to the Timberwolves. Goes to the Timberwolves with a nice little trio, young trio. With Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, Zach Levine. Yep. Have to get rid of one of them. So he brings in Jimmy Butler. Boom. Zach Levine's gone. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler talks trash to Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns. They're yep. two biggest stars, but they're young. They have egos. 
boom, forces them out. Where has he gone as a coach mm-hmm. to make them better? Now, get to his credit, Minnesota did make the playoffs that year, which was the first time in forever. Yeah. So he does get results. But after he leaves, is it good? But that's another topic for another day, even though no, I just I guess, ran hold up, Before we step on that, so I would say when he, when he brought Butler over, he had the right intentions, like, oh, Butler's going to fire them up. He had no idea that. He had no were, idea that Wiggins He didn't realize that towns. they would crumble yes. like that. And that, I think he, probably watching that live for him, he probably like, he probably was probably like, what did I do? So, you know how they always say, like, iron sharpens iron? Mm-hmm. Like, that was iron trying to sharpen plastic. Yeah, like, yeah. it just was not like, going to work I really out. do think he was probably like, oh, with that talent, Butler's mentality. He, he, knew, he knew Butler mentality like that from the Bulls. Like, oh, they're going to be fired up. Right. And, Remember, and because of that, Butler was cast as the the villain. Well, think about them. Then Butler goes to Philly, and does the same, same thing with Embiid with Simmons, and then what happens? It's like again, he's a locker room. He's like he thinks he's this, he thinks he's that. Goes it's to like, Miami, it yo, goes to the finals. Like. And then he goes to Miami first year. In Miami takes a young team willing to listen mm-hmm. and takes them all the way to the finals. Now Miami struggled this year, no, but still. Um, but, but no, back to Thibs okay, and the back Knicks. Yeah, back, back to Thibs and the Knicks. Like, they are doing really well, and they have New York fans going crazy, which is like, man, it's been a long time since the Knicks have been in the playoffs. You might have a Knicks in Brooklyn playoffs. That's the question is, like, as we talk about in the Eastern Conference, you might be the AC, but is it worth it if you go against Brooklyn in the first round and lose, but you only win, like, 30 games? Yeah. But still, the crazy part is, if it's Brooklyn versus New York in the playoffs, Ratings are going to be great. Through the roof. If the Bulls and Zach Levine, Billy Donovan, great coaching job in Chicago. Yes, he is. If Zach Levine and I'll throw Kobe White in that too, if they can get the Bulls into the sixth seed, seventh seed, whatever, to play in the playoffs, and Chicago's in there, and you are getting these big markets back, Mm -hmm. that's a win for the league. That's what they want to see. Especially if we're not all going to be Texas, but if <laughs> if we can get fans back in time, can you imagine like what the Garden's going to be like when the Knicks, if the Knicks go to the playoffs for the first time in almost ten be, years, like how would be, crazy it would be? That would be good. Like that, the NBA, obviously the NBA is a business. End of day, it's a business, and business would be good for the Knicks to be in the playoffs, the Brooklyn Nets to be in the playoffs, obviously Lakers and the Clippers playoffs. Like you want all your big markets there, right? You want you your stars there. Listen. Memphis is probably a cool city. I don't care about Memphis. We don't care about it. But Memphis has a young squad, and you got to take your you pick your poison. Like, yeah. would you rather have an eighth? Like, there's a playing tournament this year, obviously. Mm-hmm. But if you we'll pick see how that even works out because with COVID, it's a, and we have the second half of the season coming up. Might not be the second half of the season. Be, like, honestly, yeah, see that All Star game work out. <laughs> Lou will watch out. <laughs> see how Atlanta treats show. You know what I'm saying? But like, it's so many games that have to be rescheduled, and some and some of these players are gonna be they're they're tired like. It's it's breaking them down, but I know some people are gonna say, "Yo, who gives a fuck? They're professional. They should play all these games. Like that's fine." But like, we're talking about more in the game at this point. It's all about COVID, health issues. That's a real thing. It's not like before. It's like, oh no, like no, this is a real documented thing. Not in Texas, obviously, but <laughs> or in Florida. But like, I don't know if we're gonna be able to finish this. So I'm really interested to see when the playoffs will actually. I know it's scheduled to start when they have it scheduled to start. But we'll see if it even goes that long until they go, you know what, we got to stop this right now. Or the bubble comes back. Like, it's a lot right. of questions for the second half of the season coming soon. Well, no, I think when you look at, like, we, what do we always say? Do it in the playoffs. Yeah. That's how we get on Giannis. Like, do it in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So you look at guys like Donovan Mitchell. You lost in the first round. You mm-hmm. gave up a 3-1 lead to the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. They come back. They knock you out. Donovan Mitchell, is he a superstar? 
hey, you want to prove you're a superstar? Do it in the playoffs. We're going to have a lot of those type of questions with a lot of young guys who oh, are yeah. like, John Morant. It's their league now. John yeah. Morant, this, you were the number two overall pick. Zion, you were the number, number one overall pick. Yep. You, if you guys both make it, do it in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You look at the Knicks. The reason why the Knicks could be just fun to watch is because you do have that blend mm-hmm. of veterans and young guys. Like the fact that you have D Rose, who we just talked about getting hurt in the playoffs, who never really had a chance because, you know, they run into yeah. the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. Then you have Julius Randle in the league. This could be his time to not make a deep playoff run, but at least make some noise they in the playoffs. Win two, three. Maybe, hey, maybe, maybe they can seven. steal a game. Maybe they can steal a game. But then yeah. you look at like RJ Barrett. Emmanuel quickly. So OB Toppin. Mm-hmm. You look at all these young guys and you're just like, yo, Mitchell Robinson, like, mm-hmm. yo, the uh Nerlens Noel. He, I mean, he's a vet, but like But he's he, he's he not plays really, that style of basketball like Exactly. Like, so with a with a Knicks team like this, now how far can they go with all this talent? Uh only time would tell. Derrick Rose, like, I like that Thibs brought him back and there's no telling that you know it's better that th- his stint this time is better around than his first stint when we saw that video of him getting trading and crying which just breaks mm-hmm. my heart every time I watch it but the Knicks this year as much as I dislike mm-hmm. talking East Coast sports especially New York East Coast sports because mm-hmm. let's be real if it wasn't for the Yankees New York would be a mediocre slash trash what about, trash the, what about the Giants the Giants have two Super Bowls but the Mets haven't won since '86. The Knicks haven't won since the '70s. The Jets, thank who? you, the who? exactly correct. The Jets at Lagordia, you might as well just have those. Yeah. If it wasn't for the Yankees and those two rings that Eli got over Tom Brady, epic. Let's just let's just be honest. New York would be kind of a mediocre town since it's the number one media market. But again, we're a West. It's Coast. wild to think the number one without those wins. Yeah. Because imagine you just like replicate the Lakers championship in in, in New York. What would they be then? I mean, if you look at Los Angeles versus New York, I mean, I don't like the Dodgers, but the Dodgers just win the World Series. You look at the Lakers, they just won the NBA Finals. The Sparks, I think they went on a three-peat like in the early yeah. 2000s. Uh, the Galaxy were good. Now you got LAFC, USC, let's throw yeah, college yeah, in there. Yeah, so like, you really yeah. have, like, the, obviously it's unfair advantage because of what location it is, and we have advantages that no one else has, like Hollywood. L.A. Sun, hey, sunshine, you know, waters, hey, you know what I mean? Hey, we, all, we, all, we, we wear masks. Yes, yeah, that's, that's not our fault. You Most know? of us wear masks out here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? Hollywood stars just like live out here. But exactly. I do want to keep it in New York because there is a movie coming out this Friday, March mm-hmm. 5th, on Amazon Prime Video. It is coming to America. Randy Watson. Now, that is the sequel. And I was watching the trailer for it. And I, I really am hoping it's going to be good. I'm hoping the trailer's only giving us like a little bit what yeah. the trailer's supposed to do, but I'm kind of looking with the side eye. Like, I think it's gonna be one of the movies that, like, let's say I came over, we we turn on, we watch it, we'll lie. Yes, I think yeah, I think it, I think, but you obviously you have to watch the first one. Like, yeah, if you don't watch the first one, don't watch the second one. But is it gonna be as funny as the first one? Absolutely not. That's the hard part. Like the the first one is a classic. I can tell you off the back classic. the reason why because movies were made at a different time. You can say certain jokes. Right, so you're thinking like, wasn't, like, he, wasn't he wife? Wasn't he have like a white face on him in the first one? He's gonna bring that back. He's bringing that back. Yeah, you know, he somebody probably said you probably shouldn't do that. You know, no, I think that one was done with respect and wasn't really but, uh, no, caricature. Are. But at this time, you could say what you could say anything. There's gonna be someone pissed off at you. you know I mean, that's mean? true. That's the problem. So that's why, and, all, and I'm looking forward. To, I'm obviously looking forward to watching it. You got Amazon Prime? I got Amazon. Oh, Prime. I'm watching it over here for sure. That's perfect. You bring anything over? 
some popcorn, yeah. some candy, some snacks. It's not a date, nigga. What the fuck? Just popcorn, like all this stuff. I don't know, man. Bring something, dang. I'll bring some henny. How about that? I don't drink henny. You know this. Okay, it's not my fault. Yeah, oh my god, it's not my fault. But the thing well, that's yeah. so crazy about this movie is that the palace scenes mm-hmm. that they filmed in Zamunda, the fictional yeah. Zamunda, was filmed in Atlanta at one of a strip club. No, one of Rick Ross's mansions. Oh, Not that's his right. mansion. One of his yeah, mansions. the one he bought in Atlanta. Yeah, because you heard how he bought the one next to. He bought the acres next to it. Nah, I didn't hear that. You, you been? You know, you got some inside info. Ricky, that's my boy right there, bro. You know what I mean? We out, we out here trapping out the houses. You know me. We taking our shit. But I want to see because I think like well, one thing is I have we we talked about this before. At my desk at work, I have a picture of Eddie Murphy from Delirious. Eddie Murphy to me is such a huge deal when it comes to not just black comedy or comedy, but just in Hollywood in general. Mm-hmm. And just to give you a quick example is I was watching Inside the Actor's Studio, which was one of my favorite shows, and you know, R.I.P. to James Lipton, the host of it. And Eddie Murphy's Inside the Actor's Studio is probably one of the most insightful because he talks about what it was like growing up in Long Island, being this only black kid. Uh, in a lot of his schools, mm-hmm. like how he got to SNL being so young, his brother Charlie Murphy, mm-hmm. who a lot of people didn't realize it was his brother because his brother yeah. was like gang hooded mm-hmm. out, and yeah. like Eddie was just like the straight laced kid. But the best part was how Eddie talked about every up and coming comedian that was behind him, mm-hmm. like how Richard Pryor gave props to Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy did the same thing. So yeah. we see Tracy Morgan. In he this. was humble with it. He, he was, was humble he was it. humble and he showed his respect. Right, but he also wanted to bring along people. So. Uh, you look at Beverly Hills Cop 2. That was Chris Rock's first movie. You that look was at his first one? That was his first one. You look at Beverly Hills Cop, the first one. Damon Wayne, that was his first movie. Funny scene with yeah. the bananas, right? With the bananas, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then you like uh uh Martin Lawrence, his first movie was Do the Right Thing, but mm. one of his first movies was Boomerang with Dave Allen Greer mm. and Eddie Murphy. Classic. So he put like Dave Chappelle's first movie was Night Professor. Like what he did is like he put on all the young, young, com- young, young black comedians. He didn't take it as a threat or like a challenge. He was like, he, no, he I'm going to help you out. Yeah. And I think that is the coolest, coolest thing because this segues perfectly into our next topic, which is on Jimmy Kimmel Live, uh, Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall were on the show. And he basically said Louis Anderson, who's a great comic by mm-hmm. his own rights. He has his own show before the, oh, car- yeah, yeah, the yeah. cartoon, right? Yeah, but he like he was on it, uh, and Louis Anderson has done a pretty good, you know, made a pretty successful career for in comedy. But they told Jimmy Kimmel, Arsenio, and Eddie Murphy did that the studio Paramount mm-hmm. basically forced Louis yeah. Anderson onto the Coming to America, the first one, mm-hmm. and it's interesting to me because. That's not something that is something that we hear all the time in Hollywood. Yeah. So my the the one I always think of is George Lucas mm-hmm. did Red Tails yes. about the Tuskegee Airmen, mm-hmm. and he told John Stewart, "Oh no, the studio made me put a white actor in it, even though that white actor is fictitious because we need white audience." Now, mind you, yeah. let me just say this yeah. real quick. In Hollywood, you have to do what's called an elevator pitch. Mm-hmm. Tell me oh, what yeah, you're two pitching, minutes, right? like. If you're lucky. It might be Fact. 60 seconds. Or like 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah. Think about George Lucas. Think about George Lucas in the 1970s, like 1970s. He goes up to a Hollywood executive. He's like, I got this movie. It's in a galaxy far, far away. You have this young rebel kid. He's going up against his dad, but he doesn't know it's his dad, who's in a mask the whole time. Oh, and by the way, there's this seven-foot Sasquatch that walks around, but you can't understand yeah. what he's saying. Mm-hmm. What does Hollywood say? Love it. It's futuristic. We're doing it. Changes the whole Whoa. landscape of movies, right? But then he says, I want to tell a actual real life story about black Americans. And what does the studio say? 
What do you like we need a white actor to get white America to watch so this. Ridiculous. I mean, just think about that for a second. So I, I found that it's really also disheartening. a different era. I think if say you did it now, you probably get away with all black characters like we were watching now. But obviously times have changed. But it is ridiculous that that, that that's an actual discussion. But we know how Hollywood is. Like, yeah, and I, it's also interesting because Wesley Snipes is in the sequel. Which I think is going to be great really? because Wesley actually said in an interview that he was supposed to be in the original Coming to America, but he couldn't be in it because he was. Oh, was it Samuel Jackson's first role in the first Coming to America? Yeah, that, that was, was his first role. Right? No, his first role I think was in a Spike Lee movie. I believe it was uh, same, School was Days. The same School time, Days, right? yeah, I believe it was School Days was his first role. But uh, Wesley Snipes was told that your complexion is dark, just like Eddie's. And we can't have two dark skinned people, people oh, in the same film. And that just colorism that whole conversation. What's, is what role out. would he have been? They they didn't say. Oh, he was just like, like it was his brother. Not his brother. It would probably been like some person he meets while he's in Queens or something uh, like that. Some random person walking by. Some random person or something like that. But he had a speaking I mean, think about it. Cuba Gooding Jr. is in coming to America. Oh, let's fucking cut his he's hair. He's getting his hair. He he's has no speaking hair. lines, but he's getting his hair, hair cut. cut. So, yeah. Hey, there's I, a lot of people in that movie. I'm thinking about it right now. <laughs> yeah, think about like oh, Eddie cool. Murphy puts people on. If you haven't watched it, watch that movie. And not only does he put people on, but he respects his elders. So, like, John Amos, who was the dad in Good Times. Very true. You know, is the dad of Lisa McDowell. Yeah. And then, he, of course, he gets James Earl Jones. Like, that's just Class, like, that's huge get. Like, like come on. But I just found it to be really interesting uh, about how Coming to America came to be and how the studio basically forced that white actor which, after doing some research, this is not the first time mm-hmm. in Eddie Murphy's history that he's actually had to experience this. Uh, in 2011, there was a film that was called Tower Heist, starring uh, Ben Stiller, Robert Downey Jr., uh, Robert Downey Sr., excuse me, uh, Casey Affleck, and Eddie Murphy. It was Tower Heist, directed by Brett Radner. Eddie Murphy actually pitched that movie. He pitched it as a black Ocean's Eleven, and, and a lot of people, it was Chris Tucker, Martin Lawrence, Cat Williams, and Mike Ebbs were supposed to co-star along Eddie Murphy in that film. And Hollywood producer said, we can't get you to do that because white America would not buy into watching that type of film. That movie would have been so funny because Tower Heist was terrible. That movie would have been so good. It would have like, been so amazing. It was such a dry, slow movie. And it was like, get the fuck out of here with this. Right. Like, but with that cast... Oh, out of the classic. It'd be a classic. Oh, instant classic. And I, I think the biggest question I have for white America, and I and I always ask them this, when it comes to television and film a little bit, but television, if I asked white America, give me mm-hmm. your five favorite TV series that are currently airing that have a majority cast that are people of color, what shows are they watching? Currently airing? Currently airing. People of color are the majority of the cast. What are they watching? As beyond primetime? Or no, no, just any, any, like anything. And the reason why I ask that is because if if you flip it, right? Like, th- let's say you have someone who says, hey, I don't, I can't name a show mm-hmm. that I currently watch that has a majority people of color as the cast. You, we, they can then turn around and say, I don't know how many of those shows existed. Right? Mm-hmm. But then let's say it gets flipped around and white America asks us, how many shows do you watch that have a majority white cast? All, all of them. And what if I said, okay, you know what? I'll give you two examples. I never watch Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. And it's going I know you're going to get mad at me. I never watch Game of Thrones. I was like, there is not enough diversity in these shows. I would like to see more diversity. But then it's like, someone can then say to me, that's racist. How can you do that? 
that's a double standard. If I said I'm not going to watch this show because there's not enough white people, there's too many black people, I would be considered racist. It's like, but since you can't even prove that there's that many shows that exist, mm-hmm. you're already telling networks that you're not going to watch shows like that, yeah. which then tells the networks that we're not going to put shows like that on the air, which then continues this the cycle. cycle. Now, I get you on that because I do the same thing. But that's funny because a lot of my shows I watch, it's, it also, like, I'd be hating it because like, it'd be an all-white cast like that one black character. And that one black character is always a tough one. Right. Or, like even SPU, for example, when um, Ice-T came onto it, he came in with his style and it was like, he still kept his like a rapper mentality, but it's like this show, you he has to do extra. He's I, I get he's the black character or the black actor and or black actress in that scene, but they make him overly black, and it's like I get we act like that, but like why do we have to be like that on TV? Oh no, I'll take it a step further because like the one thing they will always tell you, they being you know white studio executives mm-hmm. or white directors or white writers, is you people. You guys should take a look past the color of the character and look at the story. Everyone should be able to, um, you know, live this story. They should be able to relate to this story. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, if I can relate to it, why can't I see myself on there? That's number one. Number two, the example I'll give you is Big Bang Theory. So you have a cast that has four guys. No, no, but you have a cast of four men, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. They're all supposed to be like, for lack of a better term, they're all supposed to be like nerds, dweebs, dorks, whatever. Three of those men are white. Mm-hmm. And one one is Indian. That's pretty racist. And no, he, it's not racist that he's Indian because there are a lot of yeah. Indian American scientists or just Indian scientists. Yeah. But the fact that you give him this over-the-top accent, it's like you're already telling us one of these is not like the other mm-hmm. by giving him that. With the hot next-door neighbor. Exactly. It's like they, they, they can ever talk to you. If you're saying it's all about the character, why are you then either putting old stereotypes on a character are not diversifying your cast if it's supposed to be about the storyline. So that's just the question I have for our listeners is yeah. what TV or films have you watched recently or would you like to share that have a majority cast of people of color? Uh, because there are a lot of shows I will tell you I don't watch. Friends, I'll throw that on there. I did uh, watch Friends. I did watch Frasier though. Frasier's hilarious. I, I will give you them that. Uh, but it is, it, it's just something that I've always thought about when it comes to how we interact and especially the way social justice is going on and the way television linear digital is all transforming it's just going crazy but victor that's just my rant for the night no that's a good rant because that's just bullshit but then it's like but but bt has stepped up their game recently but that's because uh tyler perry signed on with them right and he's been throwing he's been throwing out series like, <laughs> he's throwing he's, he's like four series that's predominantly all black but right. that's the bt so you expect that yeah, you know what I'm saying, but that's just that's that's the problem. It shouldn't be ethical to the black network to get an all black cast. Now we're not saying we want ABC or NBC to have an all black TV show. We're just saying you know, make it even. I mean, make it even, but also I my biggest thing is like if you're going to talk about that you like the quality of television, you should be able to watch multiple shows and look past race and just see the storyline and not see them as black characters, but just great characters. And I I think that's something that we've gotten lost from. Um, as we progress from the 90s. Because as you said, currently, I mean, the 90s had some of the best black sitcoms of all time. And let's hope that uh, not only do those come back, but like, you know, George Lopez had a great show. Kim's Convenience on Netflix. Like, that's great George for Asian show. Americans. Like They also it, don't last. Whenever you have like these cool... Because George Lopez show was hilarious. Yeah. That yeah. show was... I remember like, that show was... But it didn't last as long no. as it. But it's like, I get... Personally, I, I get some TV series 
are designed from the beginning to go like six, seven seasons, which right. is fine. Like Netflix does. Like Netflix has all, all Netflix shows. is changing where it's like, hey, the show's gonna become really big. We're not gonna be able to afford. Yeah. Like, so they make themselves short. I like. I do like that mentality. HBO, they have, you oh, has like five exactly. seasons. But on TV, whenever you have like a predominant, like the, the, the lead character is a person of color, it's not gonna last. Yeah, and just like how Keenan hasn't shown that, I just feel like they're they're overly like. They're being like just. I don't like watching it personally. Yeah. Even though we should say we should support it, but I can't support something that I don't want to watch. I mean that's true, but I look at a movie like Soul, and it's like you know you got Tina Fey in there, but it was so much of representation of Black America that was so great in that movie when it came to jazz, when it came to the fashion sense, when it came to her keeping her fabric in the cookie tin can that's always at some aunt or uh, grandma's house. I thought that was really great for Pixar to do. Uh, and it won a Golden Globe for Best Animated Feature. So Which is uh, good. at Black Panther, you know, that was another good film that got white America into it. So mm-hmm. just hoping that as we progress um, throughout the, the years that that continues to become a thing. Now, Victor, I don't know how this became a thing, <laughs> but this was on Twitter. It was the dumbest question I think I've ever run into on oh, Twitter. And there was a, there's a lot of dumb questions on Twitter. Yeah. Somebody asked, <laughs> would you rather have $20 million in cash or an 800 credit score? So whoever dumbass wrote said that question is so fucking stupid because if you have $20 million... You could make your credit score eight hundred. Easy, easy, easy. Within within minutes, minutes. Within minutes, like whatever. First off, there's no way. I'm not saying you can't spend all. Like I don't give a fuck how much debt you were in at that moment for you get that money. There's no way you're spending more than a million dollars. Right. And if you are, you're an idiot. But clear it out because people have wild debt. But like that's you give me twenty million dollars, I would be like eight hundred credit score. First off. Everybody in my family will have an 800 credit score. Right. My five closest friends will have 800 close. Like, people next to me. Not like, including Curtis. Well, Curtis, I said my close, five closest <laughs> friends. Like, <laughs> you be on the out. I'm like, ah, bro, first five, you six. Ah, <laughs> you next hey, 10. Hey, ne- next 20 mil, I got you, bro. Next 20 mil, I got you. But that is the dumbest fucking question. Like, I hate, that's why I love Twitter, but I hate it so much because the people on Twitter be saying some of the dumbest shit. Just, I like to see what's trending sometimes. It's like I saw Bow Wow was trending, and oh. all it was was like it was like him and Soldier Boy are doing something with wrestling. Possibly, I think it was like a, I think it was a, a fake something, a fake tweet happened, and an argument happened back and forth, and then it, was, it started spreading. And it's like, why is Bow Wow yeah. trending? I think the craziest thing to me when it comes to this question though is, I don't have to spend the twenty million dollars right away. I can put that twenty million into a bank account. Savings account, you nest egg, and I can to... work on my credit score. I can always work on my credit score. You know I can't saying? work on getting $20 million again. <laughs> <You know laughs> like, like, no, $20 like, bro, like, what are you talking about? Like, inside your credit score, <laughs> that's just so funny. If you have $20 million, you can literally fly and buy your own island and not worry about credit scores the rest of your life. Yeah, credit <laughs> score is for poor people anyways. Like, what are you talking about? Like, Credit score is for the poor. Like when you're rich, they don't care. Like, and you want to know what's so funny? You know what I just found out today? What? FICO, mm-hmm. FICO credit score. Yeah. Wasn't invented until 1989. Yeah. The year we were born, bro. This is all a Ponzi scheme, dog. It's a fake. It's bullshit. Like the bank, we can write. If listen, right now we would. If everybody in the in the world went to the bank, said, "Give me all my cash," 
the bank gonna tell you no. Exactly. Like, how you gonna tell me no about my money? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how you gonna tell me no about my money? So basically, if you're listening, go to the bank right now. Ask for all your money. Oh, Victor's listen. about to do a revolution. Hey, listen, 100%. I am, we should, I am so with that. Like, this is, yo, let's take the fucking money back from these motherfuckers, bro. Like, yo, the bank is fucking asshole. They're the reason why we have our money. Oh, you are just going to. I'm just saying, yo, listen, y'all want y'all money? Hit the streets and, and demand it. I guarantee you have it in the day. <laughs> Let a million people walk outside right now and say we want the money at 2 o'clock in the morning. Victor, I'm saying do it, bro. What's, what's waiting, man? Like, Listen, what's today? It's Tuesday. So I guarantee you, if we were all out 12.30 noon on Wednesday demanding our money, that should be cut by Thursday, 8 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Best believe that. No. Best believe. Yo, so I like how you're trying to do a revolution takes the streets right now because there was one kid who was not trying to do that. He was definitely working the system against everyone else. Oh, that motherfucker. Uh, there's a 19-year-old uh, kid uh, who had an Instagram account called West Coast Streetwear. It, <laughs> what he would do was he would buy and resell uh, some really expensive, hard-to-find Nikes. Mm-hmm. Well, it comes to find out that Ann Herbert, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, had to step down. Uh, she was a top executive. She was a vice president and general manager for Nike North America. Big a, time. like Big time employee that's, that's at Nike. Not, that's not some, and she's a woman in a male-dominated field. Right. She literally worked her way up from wherever she started off at, earned it. She deserved to be where she was at. Pro- Honestly, you make the argument, I'm not sure how good. She probably was supposed to be higher than that. Right. She probably got overlooked because she is a woman. So it's her son's name is Joe, 19 years old. What he was doing was he was buying Yeezys and other newly released sneakers, but he was doing it on his mom's corporate card. He so he was getting them like at a discount okay. or not not paying for them, getting them, then putting them on his website, West Coast Streetwear, and then reselling them for more. So he was getting a discount. Retail. He was getting a discount on shoes and then reselling them at a higher price using his mom's corporate leverage and. It turns out he was also using bots, which I just found out was a thing mm-hmm. where you can use multiple accounts or yeah. multiple things to get these high-end sneakers yeah, that not everyone gets. That's why they ask you all those questions when you check out, like the, the, all that question, like look at where's the street at in the eight pictures. That's actually that's why that's actually we can tell that's not useful. I mean, this kid was over no, here. No, like, that's why they keep changing because they're figuring out ways. First off, that kind of money he's making, they figure stuff out. I think it's kind of ironic that it happened there in Woman History Month, though. Well, I think it's crazy that they didn't figure it out. This kid, Joe, did an mm-hmm. interview with Business Weekly, Bloomberg Business, and that's how he got in trouble, is he basically snitched on himself, told himself. He gave up his own game. You know what that sounds like? It smells like privilege. He It says, according to this Washington Post article that I'm reading, it says that he was clearing $200,000 in monthly revenue uh, before March. So I mean, you think you're He's 19 years old? Million dollars a year. You're you're 19 years old, 200,000 a month, and you're really not clearing doing, it, clearing it, and you're not really doing much to earn it. You're using your privilege, mm-hmm. your mom's access, and reselling it to people who are waiting on these sneakers app. Trust me, that's me. <laughs> How Trust many? Me. Let me ask you this sidebar. How many sneakers have you successfully gotten on sneakers app? Not a single fucking one. Listen, question should be. How many times have I down have I re-downloaded the fucking app? I delete that app once a week, bro. You don't know how fucked the fact that he's doing that, and it's a good chance that the shoes I've been looking for, he wasn't even getting them. But people like him is the reason why we don't get them because right. they 
They do these limited releases, and then no one can give. I remember one time, bro, I was logged <laughs> into the thing. I had my address set, my card set. All you have to do is push submit. I, and then I literally had the shoe in the cart, my size, and it goes, oh, put in your address again. I'm like, what? So it made you go back and redo something. And it probably took you longer. It so took me longer. It. I had to put my card back in again. And I was like, yo, I put my card in my wallet. I was like, yo, they, oh, you missed it. Maybe better like a Ducks try. But Billy over here. Joe. 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 Joey. Joey. <laughs> Joey. Little, little Joey over here fucking cheating the system. What's your card number again? Don't worry about it. Bro. It's the same as yours. talking about. Oh, is it really? Yeah. I didn't see those charges, so I can definitely well, tell you. Well, because I, I didn't win because Joey let me, let me win. Hey, shout out Joe. <laughs> shout out Joe. You didn't I win. I not win because of Joey. That's why he calls it. I can't believe it. He calls his mom for her job, bro. Like, Yo, it was funny because we were talking about di- like different uh, parenting techniques. Mm-hmm. How would your mom react if you if she did all that hard work to become a <laughs> VP of Nike just to have you also be the probably she sent you to good schools. Yeah, exactly. So Clearly, the big question is, was the mom in on it? Did the mom know what her son was doing? I'm gonna tell you right now, Nike is probably gonna look into that, and people because they know because know why because people can look into that and class action lawsuits. <laughs> um, I do want to get to something that only I care about before we go. Uh, Victor, yes, El Nino. Hit spring it's the storm training. again? Yeah, it, it is the storm again. Oh, it sure is. El Nino hit oh, spring training. Care about baseball, hit dog. in Arizona. Did you even know El Nino reached out there? <laughs> Fernando Tatis, that $340 million man, hit a grand slam in spring training. Okay. What's I know no one cares, but El Nino, yo, if this is a sign of things to come, Slam Diego is back. Slam Diego? You ever heard Slam Diego? No one's heard of Slam Diego. Uh, yes, they have. When, when San Diego hit six Grand Slams in a row last year to set a record for most all-time grand consecutive games with the Grand Slam, it's Slam Diego, baby. Slam Diego. Huh? Slam Diego. That should be on the menu somewhere. Oh, if I de- you know what? Let's get in the car right now. Go find shut, out. Shut, 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 <laughs> Let's shut. go right now. You can't even eat that kind of stuff. I mean, I gave up carbs for Lent. But I think the Lord will understand about a you know California <laughs> breakfast burrito, you know, extra fries, and extra tortilla, extra tortilla. Oh, you we know. can go to TJ, bro. I'm just saying. Ooh, Rosary to get some fresh lobster. I mean, it's kind of late. Oh, you see, you rich, bro. Oh, am I? Yeah, <laughs> Not as rich about, as Joe about, over here. About lobster, Joe. But it's, it's different over there. First of all, Joe, Joe need to give a lot of people five minutes. All right? <laughs> a lot of us need five minutes, all right? Because Joe, he really. Like, you know the worst part about the whole situation? It's not even that what he did. I think the fact that they have images of how big it was. He, if you've ever like, watched. Like, if you would tell me, okay, he had, like, 15 of the, of the release. Okay, whatever. He had hundreds of right, shoes. Right. Lined up. Like. Kids, if you're listening, if you ever watch any gangster film, any drug dealing film, you never spend he was money legal on drug things dealing. that. No, you never spend money on things that are going to get you caught. Like, never bring attention to yourself. Did you not watch American Gangster when Frank the Lucas bought that coat? Like, come on. You don't you do not do that. So when you take pictures on Instagram with all these hundred pairs of shoes behind you, and people are like, huh, I wonder how this kid is getting all these. It's going to bring up some questions, Joe. You messed up. Like, the whole, I hate, oh my, it's so fucking frustrating. Oh, uh, dude. It's crazy. But uh, thank you guys for tuning in to another oh, episode. No, I got something else for you. Uh-oh, uh-oh. So, no, you, tell me you heard about the Chanel store robbery. I did not hear about that. So, in New York... A bunch of niggas. They um, robbed a Chanel store. Well, first off, I respect the hustle. I respect the hustle. And guess how he got caught? How? So the video footage, they literally just ran the store, 
grabbed everything. Smash and grab. Not even smash because they're, they're Chanel stores. They're, they're wide open. There's no there's no glasses. Like something like certain things. Grabbed the person's wallet. Got away with $109,000 worth of merchandise. Mm. He posted on Instagram the following day said, I can open a boutique with all the stuff I stole. That's just got to be scumbag of the week right there. Scumbag of the week. It's not even scumbag. It is scumbag because you're telling yourself. You could have made a profit. You didn't. So first of all, you committed a crime. You got away with it. You committed multiple. I think he lived in a different state too. That's a federal crime. Multiple felonies. That's a federal crime. The moment you go from one state to the other, that's a federal crime. He stole $109,000 worth of Chanel products. Man, how old was he? Do you know? Niggas on age, bro. Oh, my gosh. This one does, and he should have thought a lot better. But anywho. Oh, wait. And then Angelina Jolie. She made $11.5 million from a Winston Churchill painting. How much would you pay for a painting? Uh, By Winston Churchill? I mean, how much is a pound? Now, you have $20 million because you took the right <laughs> you took the right Vampirelli. So I'm spending half of that, more than half of that, First on a painting? That thing, painting is worth money, that, bro. I, I she just sold it for <laughs> somebody. Like, yeah, I know that. I thought I've only brought it up because that's just wild. Because she got it as a gift from Brad Pitt. Obviously, it's rich, rich and rich, so it's not like a big deal. But it's like, can you imagine? It's like, oh, it makes a good point. At a yard sale a few weeks back, somebody found this China, like a China bowl dish, for thirty five dollars. It's worth half a million dollars because it's, it's. They found out it's from Imperial China from. The Ming something dynasty or something like that. And they're like, for $35, this man found it at a yard sale. So basically what you're saying is... We need to get some more money out There here. is a lot of money to be made. Yes, there is. And we over here... Doing a podcast. Doing a podcast. So make sure you like, subscribe, download, and share. Because <laughs> we, we, we try to be them people. But we're we trying try to do it legally. But like we said, I get rich, I help y'all out too. <laughs> Just not Curtis. Just uh, not Curtis. But no, Victor, tell people where they can find the show. All right, you can find the show at the Eros Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. That's T H E E R O S P O D C A S T. Or you can always find me because you know you want to at <laughs> V I C underscore G W four O's and three D's. Uh, you can find me at Curtis Sheehan and Twitter, and then on Instagram it is Chill Kurt eighty nine. Chill underscore Kurt eighty nine. Let me look it up. I was freaking. How do you know your? You know, I'm not on Instagram that much. Yeah, we know. It's chill underscore Kurt eighty nine. Right <laughs> and you know what? I did post I did post a good workout video. I did do that. Uh but no, thank you guys for listening. Please make sure to follow us on Spotify and please make sure to share uh this episode if you like it and please hit up us hit us up on social media. We can always love to talk about topics mm-hmm. and reach out to the fans. So please uh hit us up. We'll see you guys soon. Wear a mask.